What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have some fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Jeff Goolsby, and I'm so stoked for you to hear this conversation. He is 100% one of us, a man on a mission to daily fight for his family. One comment he made was, if you don't know and own who you are, you can't guide your kids. Just like you and me, Jeff is learning and growing on the daily. I love that we can take what he has learned and apply that language and wisdom to ourselves. Enjoy meeting my friend, Jeff. All right, Jeff, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. Stoked, man. After reading the, you know, like the intake form, if you will, I was like, dude, we're going to have a great conversation. So um, thanks for jumping on the, the podcast with me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you feel that way because you've had some awesome guests on here. So uh, as I was filling out the intake form, I'm like, oh, man, I got some big hitters to compete with, you know, some great dads and cool guys. So, yeah, and I think that's funny is that's kind of the the balance I'm trying to do with the podcast is like, like I would consider myself like a, just a regular dude, you know what I mean? Uh, and based on what you just said, you're saying the same thing. It's like, I don't have a million followers on Instagram of like 1500, you know what I mean? And half of them are probably, you know, like nobodies, uh, not nobodies, but actually not a human being. Um, sure. um, so that's, <laughs> oh, okay. that's one of the things I like about fatherhood field notes is like, you versus Dwayne Johnson both had the experience of like a baby was born. Uh, what do I do? My kid is now this age. Like, what do I do? So I kind of love that it's a level playing field for us. Fatherhood, you know? Yeah. So I think that what you have to say, your wisdom, your field notes is no less valuable than than somebody we might call like an influencer or whatever. Sure. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So with that being said, let's jump into who you are. So how old do you find yourself today? I am 35. 35. And where do you live? I live in Roseville, California, just outside of Sacramento. Nice. And how many years have you been married? We have been married for uh, seven years this year Nice. Uh, in September. Nice. Awesome. And yeah. then how many kiddos do you guys have? We have two kids. We have a daughter, uh, eight-year-old daughter, and going almost five-year-old son. Okay, so is that window? That's the window now of two kids, or is there conversation more, or what? Yeah, no, we're pretty much yeah locked in. Yeah, it it could happen on accident or something, but no, we're 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 good. We like we like our situation right now. It's good. Love it, cool man. And then, what do you do for a living? Uh, I help people. Um, I help people sell, buy, and sell real estate. I'm a, you know, I run a small real estate team here in Roseville, and um, yeah, we help. Our motto is to help people win. So we're like, we're very um, much focused on like the strategy of buying and selling, and really creating like uh, exceptional opportunities for people, just beyond the normal like transaction. You know? Yeah, dig it, man. Cool. All right. When it comes to fatherhood, when did you embrace the adventure of fatherhood? When did it hit you? This matters a lot. Man. Um, well, I don't, you know, <laughs> sometimes I wonder if it has still like all the way hit me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, for sure, like the very, the very first moment I would say that it really hit me and kind of like probably the most dramatic shift was prior to my daughter being born uh, when we were expecting her mm. to be born. You know, I was just kind of 
I was kind of floating, not really sure what I was going to do, uh, like career wise, didn't have like big vision or at least not very clear vision on like what, you know, what I wanted out of life. And when I found out that my daughter was going to be born, I uh, pivoted pretty hard. I quit my job. I got into, I, you know, I went into a uh, solely commission based, um, you know, uh, environment and just started like working really hard. And that was the most dramatic thing for me, I think, because I, uh, can't, you know, I don't know, I was just kind of floating for a while. So I think that was that was probably the moment where it hit me. I was like, man, this is this is for real. I'm about to. So you uh, felt like a conviction that it was your responsibility to provide for this, this woman that is now going to have your kid. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. did that conviction come from? Um, shoot, I, you know, my family, you know, my father is a hard worker. My, my grandfather is a hard worker. Uh, I'm surrounded by men. Well, and women that work, that worked hard. Um, and so let me ask you this, was it more of an internal conviction? Not neither one is good nor bad, but was it more of an internal conviction or was it like your dad's like, Hey son, you're going to be a dad now. What the hell are you doing? Or was it your wife going, yo, what's happening? <laughs> We're about to have a kid. Or was it a combination? You know, I don't know that I felt a ton of the, like pressure mm. uh, from them. I think it was more like, I think it was more me. Like, all right, this is like my, my girlfriend or fiance is like, she's doing her part to like create mm. this baby and what the hell am I doing? Like, and what am I going to do going forward? You know? So that was kind of like my moment to be like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get to work. I'm going to provide. And that's going to be, you know, that's going to be my, my job, what I'm going to focus on. Dude. So powerful. And I know we're in like a weird place in our world where we're like, trying to blur the lines of masculine and feminine. And the reality is, is you and I can't get pregnant, right? I mean, that's just a hard fact. So we can't really blur that, blur that line. And yeah. it's not to say that, oh, oh, when a woman is pregnant, that she can't have a job and work. I mean, clearly that happens. But I would almost argue or believe myself that when this moment happens, like internally, you also have this you know, like she's like, I'm pregnant. I got to nurture my body, take care of this baby. And in you, there's this natural instinct, like I got to do something too. And, and that's how you were designed, how you were made. And then you showed up to go figure out what am I going to hunt and kill to feed this family? Yeah. I mean, man, that's huge. It's like, it's in us somewhere, right? Like, well, I, I think it, I know. Yeah, dude. I mean, you just said it, it's in you. It's your own story. It's your own testimony. Yet we want to say that it's not important. And, and, and what's funny is just because we say, dude, it's really important for you to show up for your wife and kids and work doesn't mean that we're saying it's not, it's not okay or important for a woman to work if she wants to. This is not what we're saying at all. Oh, for sure. Well, and, and to just to piggyback on that, like my wife did, she, or my fiance did work and she mm-hmm. honestly, man, this didn't feel great, but I think it gave me the, the, you know, the kick that I needed to keep pushing. And I had mm. like big vision going forward, but not only did she work, but because I jumped into this commission only role, like yeah. it was actually pretty rough for like, she carried me. So she, mm. she made a baby and she uh, carried me financially for, yeah. however, you know, so dude, teamwork, uh, bro. Yeah. But two things that you said, just, just real quick. And you know, is, uh, is you moved to commission only. So risk, but then you said you had big vision and then you had clarity. So I think it's really important, like young dudes out there, you know, to 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 start to have vision and clarity about where you're headed, you know? Yeah. And and I cool. did not, and so and I did not have certainty at all. Mm. Vision and clarity doesn't have to equal certainty. It took me a it took me a long time to kind of put that together because yeah, you don't have to have you can have a clear picture of where you'd like to go or a vision that you'd have, but you don't have to, to know a hundred percent of it, right? You don't have to absolutely know that you're going to get there. You just have to. Have so vision. then let me ask the difference here, because I think this is the word you use is a freaking phenomenal word. And here's what's making certainty. So lack of certainty isn't necessarily fear. 
but in your uncertainty, you still took action. I mean, I'm assuming you took action, right? And I think that some people miss that. Like, I got to believe, I got to factually know this is going to work out. I got to have the right base pay so I know that I'm safe. So talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Because like, if you're commission only, no base pay, no safety, you had a, not a fear, but an uncertainty of, is this going to work out? But you took action. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't, and it definitely was not blind action. I'm, I'm a calculated guy. I do think more than I act for sure. Um, like I ponder on things quite a bit and it wasn't like a, oh, she's pregnant. Here I go. It was definitely like a, Hey, how do I build a plan? Like what's something that could work? What's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, mitigated risks as much as possible. So, um, but yeah, I guess. Um, you know, I don't want to make it too broad, but at some point you have to just have faith and result and and move forward, you know, that know that something will work as long as you work. Right. So if you take a calc, you make a calculated plan and you start taking action on it, the belief that this is going to work, like the hard belief may not be there, The but the action will eventually turn into the belief that this will work. Or at a certain point you go, I need a shift. This isn't working. I think my point was just like, some of us just need to believe before we take action. And I think it goes the other way. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Next question. What have you learned about yourself in becoming a father? So you've been through a couple stages, baby, toddler. Uh, you have an eight-year-old now, right? So you're coming into those like almost mid-elementary new things are happening with kids in school. What have you learned about yourself um, in being a father in one of those stages? Um, so I, I've spent a ton of time over the last few years, several years, like really learning more about myself, like Mm. going to seminars, I have multiple coaches, I have, you know, I'm like, kind of a nerd when it comes to like self improvement. And like, um, I really do value growth a lot. And I think what my kids kind of helped me to figure out was that I didn't know, like I didn't really truly know myself or at least didn't like own who I was, Mm. Um, which is really tough when you have kids because you, you know, you want to, you feel kind of like a hip, like if you don't really know who you are, you're not owning who you are and you're just telling them to do certain things or you're, you're guiding them to be a certain way. It feels kind of hypocritical, right? So mm. over the last few, I would say probably five years, four, four years for sure is when I got really deep into like going, you know, just discovering more about who I am. Um, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. If that makes no, I, I love it. I'm writing it down. I think, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes I think any dude listening to this is on a path of discovering themselves, but I think that's constant, right? We're constantly discovering who we are, but then having kids, having a spouse, uh, a wife who thinks and acts differently than we do in a lot of ways, uh, is a, an opportunity to have friction and then either try to want to change people around us or realize the only real opportunity I have is to work on myself. Right. So to not miss those opportunities to, to work on ourselves. Um, when you think about the role of the father, how would you define the role of the father? Okay. Heard you asked this question before I thought about it. Um, and actually the more I think about it, the, kind of the different my my answer is kind of evolved a little bit but you know i think the ba- the basics right like i think the father is there to be a protector um like physically mentally emotionally protector um and then also the role is to you know like on the lighter side is like connect with them and be their friend I know people would might say like, it's not your job as a parent to be your friend, but maybe, maybe some of the components of friendship are your, your job and it is mm-hmm. your role as a father. Right. So, um, guide them to teach them, um, through like 
just sharing experiences and talking, but then also just to lead and, and be a role model, right? So I guess be the protector, be a connector, be a guide, and be a leader. That's that's the role of a father. So love it. Love it, love it, love it. Something that you had put in the the like, hey, here's the questions for yeah, thing, yeah. you know, the questions. Yeah, what did I put? <laughs> well, you put something, you said you said it's important for a father to understand their roles and then to know when to step in and out of their mm-hmm. roles. And I'd never heard that before. And what I what I think is really critical about that is okay, so like as an example, you led with a father's role is to protect. But if I'm a father, so as I wrestled with your answer, I said, okay, if I'm a father and it is my role to protect, I also have to be a good enough guide and leader to know when to step into protector role and when to maybe step into another role as an example, to not, you know, to not like I'll protect my son, but I also need to know that I can't protect him from everything. And so sometimes I need to let him fall because he needs to understand what that means to fall, what it means to get a bump or a scrape or a bruise. And I want him to learn that at five and 10 and not go learn that at 22 when he leaves my home. Yeah. Right. Cause then it's like the consequences are way bigger at that point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things that I thought of like in terms of being a guide is you know, especially with, especially with the theme of uh, rebel and create, right. There's mm-hmm. probably, there's probably a lot of rebels that are listening to this. Um, and usually we kind of bend the rules a little bit. Like, so how do you, a protector follows the rules for the most part, right? Protector is like, this is what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. this is the structure and the framework. Cause I got to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. But a guide is going to teach people or their kids or whoever you're going to, you're going to teach them how to bend the rules a little bit or like Mm. work within certain parameters. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just, it's not so rigid, right? I feel like. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, there, there is a balance and, and as a dad, I think, especially, you know, depending on where you fall and where we're at in our world, there's so many things that, it's like, how do we teach our kids to live inside the the system uh, that we are provided Yeah, in a respectful, loving, but not just a f- follower way, you know? And those are conversations we have with our kids. Like, do you just do what everybody else does just because everybody else does it and it's easier, you know? Mm-hmm. But then do you just rebel just to show I'm rebellious and I can do whatever I want? You know, so and I and then I think it's like it's just if you have those open conversations with your kids, then that's phenomenal, right? Because you're giving them opportunity to think about how they respond. And that's I mean, in any situation you and I show up to today, we have to consider our response. Like when my wife says X, I I could have Y, Z, F, you know, there's all these different responses and one's going to work. Sometimes one's not going to work another. So you have to learn how to work relationally. There is no rule. If there was a rule book on how to get along with your wife, like show me, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it exists. Right. And that's relationships, relationships. You gotta, you gotta be able to understand yourself and understand people. And I think your point about guide is perfect example. Yeah. And then on, you know, one of the things I think about often on the protect side, especially, especially right now, um, you know, it's not so much just physical, right. It's also emotionally and and mentally. Totally. And, you know, now that I think about it too, protect and guide really do go fairly well together, right? Like mm-hmm. there, you kind of do to your point, you do bounce back and forth between the two almost in almost instantaneous, like, you know, in the same experience, uh, like with riding a bike, for example, you could be a protector and a guide, like every other second. Mm, Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I'm, I'm passionate about is like the, um, uh, protecting and, and guiding, um, you know, mental and emotional, uh, strength and, um, you know, intelligence and, and, you know, I think it's Jim Rohn that said, like, stand guard to the gates of of your mind, 
right? It's probably, I think it's in the Bible too, actually. Probably, Jim got it from the Bible. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But, uh, but, you know, that's one of the things that we're focused on protecting, not sheltering kid, our kids from stuff, but yeah. just like really protecting them from just, there's so much junk, right? Like there's so much, so much, uh, so much good out there that you can consume and use to grow. Um, and that's definitely the guide part, but there's a lot of junk also. So I, I grew up and probably a lot of us did where, you know, music was just kind of starting to be censored and stuff. And man, I listen to some rap. I'm a gangster rap guy. Like I listen to the craziest, <laughs> uh, you know, and I listened to like Sacramento gangster rap too, which was just like the, just the worst of the worst. <laughs> um, but, you know, I realized that what an impact that has on, on, you know, in terms of standing guard to the gates of your mind, uh, I was not standing guard to the gate of my mind uh, in that time. So, um, you know, we're, we're super focused on like not sheltering, but just keeping some of that junk out of, out of the way of our kids. Yeah, man. I think that's, that's really cool. Uh, and I'll talk with my, my daughter, one daughter who's really into music and notice if she's feeling like low, like feeling down. What have you been listening to lately? Oh, well this, and it's like, okay, dig it. I like it. I get it, but it's depressing, right? Well, yeah. And that's great. Like there are seasons and moments of feeling like that. But if you all of a sudden make that like seven days in a row, you're listening to this, you're not guarding the gate of your mind. You're allowing something to dictate how you're feeling. Right. And sometimes I want to be sad and listen to something sad, but then yeah. I need to move past that and not let it dictate. So I love that. I mean, I wrote that down, that stand guard to the gates of your mind. I think if you can make that a value or a guiding principle, it sounds like that's probably language you typically use for your kids. Then you're not saying, listen to this. Don't listen to this. Watch this. Don't watch that. Right. Which then becomes to the protector. It's just so much easier if I say you don't watch PG-13 movies or you don't watch these kinds of things. But if otherwise I teach you to guard the gates of your mind, then you are going to make the decision. Is this good for me? Mm -hmm. And in some instances, like, yeah, I'm going to watch Step Brothers a hundred times. Is it the best for me? Is it a good use of my time? Uh, I don't know, but I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but, but to ask that question to teach that to your kids is, is good. Um, okay. So part of that leads into this next question for me. And I thought your answer was unique. Uh, what has been the best resource to you as a father? Um, yeah, so I think I I have, so for one, I should say my family and my friends are great resources, right? Okay, so just in case they listen, you wanted to say that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to mom and dad. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, exactly. Because this next one is going to feel a little odd, but Honestly, um, so my answer was and still is like social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for what it's worth, there's a lot. Social media has is a great tool, right? And you can connect with people that otherwise you wouldn't have connected with. I, I would have gone to a TEDx event, watched you speak, and then that would have been it. And your notes, my notes from your event would have been buried somewhere. And maybe subconsciously, I would have held on to parts of it. But because of social media, I'm able to follow along with you. I'm able to, you know, have a window into your world and and be influenced by who you are. And that times like, you know, a hundred, right? There's other, there's other people that I right. can tap into. Um, so I don't know if it's kind of a weird answer, but uh, but that's been my resource. Or otherwise, I'm in Roseville, population of 150,000. There's not a whole lot of like opportunity there's not as much opportunity uh in comparison to like connecting with people online yeah dude i think it's a phenomenal answer when i saw it it's like yeah we're always blasting social media but like the the time that we're in right now is you know you think of oh man it's so so lucky for so-and-so who was able to you know shadow pick your pick your leader your global leader or pick your you know person who's really good at you know finance or business or this we're in a time where if i if I think there's a leader out there who has value for me, I'm almost better off versus if I could somehow figure out to score a coffee with them or score a lunch with them, 
I'm better off in a sense. I'm going to learn more from them. If I go listen to 50 episodes, they were on for a podcast, or if I go, you know, watch them on social media for a little bit, I'm able to have mentors like I've never had in my life. It's almost overwhelming. Like I'm trying to narrow down who am I allowing to speak into my life because there's so many options. And so that's probably where it's crippling. But I just thought, you know what? That is a great answer and we need to utilize it. So here's my question to that though. So we need to utilize it for our help is what I was going to say. But when you think about dads, if I go sit on the toilet and I'm in between appointments, I usually want to jump on Instagram or something just to just to kind of blow three minutes because I don't want to think about how to be a better dad or how to be better, whatever. So to what level would you say you use social media like intentionally to grow versus just like, dude, I just want to watch snowboarding or skate, skate videos or surfing, whatever golf, whatever you're into for a couple minutes. Cause like, Oh my gosh, my day is very full. So, I mean, it's tough, right? And the platforms are not designed to, let you be in control. They're designed for other, they're designed so that they can yep. experience. So it is so hard. I just, I do know, you know what? I'm super grateful for this. Like, I guess I didn't realize one of my principles and values really is standing guard to the gate of my mm. mind. Like I believe in it. And I know that for everything that I consume, that's maybe junk. I need to consume three four or five things that are good. So I for sure get go down the rabbit hole of like whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, it happens for sure. But I just, I guess uh, I don't have like a rigid system or whatever, but I just kind of know like, all right, I've been following this thread for way too long now. I got to jump into something that like, I got to, I got to get some good to offset all the junk that I just consume. Hmm. Uh, So it sounds like you're just kind of in a constant conversation, checking in with yourself. Yeah. Which I think is like the, the definition of like a leader, right. Is being in tune, not just with those around you, but yourself killer dude. Uh, All right. So we're doing it right. Fatherhood field notes, digging into your field notes, opening up, sharing your life, sharing great wisdom. Uh, The podcast mantra, rebel and create like we've alluded to. And I mean, you know, right. What are you rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? Okay. So I've thought about this a lot also. I, and I realized I've been, I'm rebelling against everything. I've been kind of a rebel always. (laughs) I like Um, it. In the coaching space, I think I'm what some might refer to as a mismatcher. So basically, if you tell me to do something, I'm probably not going to do it. If you tell me not to do something, I'm probably going to be more inclined to do it. Um, So it was tough to narrow it down. But specifically for, I, I, you know, I wanted to, everybody's listening here and they're mostly listening for fatherhood uh, field notes, right? So specifically in terms of fatherhood. Um, I'm rebelling again. There's two things that I think I'm rebelling against. Um, one that dads just work and moms do the family stuff. Um, that is true that dads work and, and that's how I started out fatherhood was just get to work and grind. And, but, but now I've realized like, that it's not you can't just do that right like dads don't just work Mm. dads have a critical role you know within the within the household and um and it's not it's uh it's it's not fulfilling to just work Mm. you know it's like so I have structured so I'm kind of rebelling against that like I'm this I'm the single um uh, wage earner for the family, right? But I've set up stuff to where I don't work like a ton. I've, um, you know, I never work Saturdays. I'm home by six pretty much every night. Occasionally, I'll have a, like one late night a week, and mm-hmm. I never work, never work Saturdays. I rarely work Sundays, and it's not because I need all that much time necessarily. Because definitely sometimes on Saturdays I go play golf or. <laughs> I do other things like for myself, you know, going to run or, or whatever. Um, but it's just, 
Oh, but, but I do spend a lot of time with the family. I'm super intentional about the time I spend. I would say, you know, 75% of the time that I'm spending with my family was like, I'm designing that time. Like I'm like, hmm. right, we're going to breakfast at this one breakfast spot because you guys love this spot. And we're, and when I'm there, I'm thinking like, what's something I can do or say or talk about to like have an impact and make this like more intentional and, and memorable than just like having breakfast. Right. So, um, but I have to, I had to set up, I had to rebel against dad's just work and mom's do family stuff in order to get to that, that place. How, yes. how did you make that shift from, okay, 27, 28 of uh, commission only vision clarity, you know, uncertainty, take action. Uh, you know, I got to work my tail off to not being where you're so addicted to the work where now you've made a transition where you're like, okay, it took me, you know, 80, 90 hours a week to build this, but now I'm not going to do that anymore. What did that transition look like? When did that happen? Mm, um, so the kids growing up definitely forced it, right? Like it, it became more of a priority when they were, when my daughter was super little, it was easy to not be like around all the time. Cause it yeah. was just a baby. And I don't know, I just didn't, I don't know. Um, so as I grew up is when it kind of started, I made how I made it, uh, coaches and mentors that helped me structure my business in a good way to where yeah. you know, I have a lot of, uh, I have some great team members and support. Um, and I guess just, yeah, just really being, I'm not, I am. Oh, I love working. I do. I do enjoy working. Um, I'm not overly obsessed about, you know, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm never going to work. Well, even though I say I never work Saturdays, which is true. It's not like I'm not going to go to war over it. If I have to work on a Saturday, I will work on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. So um, I know there are some people that are super rigid with like, I'll respond back to you at, you know, Monday at 10 AM. Cause I'm off all weekend or whatever. I'm not really that way, but, um, but yeah, I guess just setting up systems and, and having, a, having, prioritizing my time off is is kind of how i did it i guess love it okay so i just got a couple questions prioritize time off let me just remember that okay so something that i heard you say is like dads dads don't just work okay dads more so i'm in a second i'm going to ask you okay that role at home okay what does that look like to lead we kind of talked about that but something you said is you had coaches and mentors and so what you just, I really wanted to point out for guys is like, maybe you don't have a coach, but but you can have a mentor. And, and the, if you don't have somebody or yourself having you, you, you pause and reflect, you're just going to wake up one day and like have done all the stuff that like just the world told you was important. And the, the thing is, is I would argue that yes, you could probably do it alone, but it's not as fun. Right. So if you can get a mentor, like if you see somebody who's great at marriage or great at finances or great at being a dad, like build a relationship with them. And, and I see, you know, Jeff, you've been really intentional about that. And because of your work and your business, maybe you have some flexibility to, to have that. But I would just encourage dudes, pause, reflect, and then don't do it alone. Um, and then with that, when you say dads don't just work, okay, we already talked about the role of the father, but when you say you prioritize your time off, what does it look like for you to come home and be a dad? Like practically, you know, like yeah. you said, okay, I'm going to 75% of the time, I'm kind of like intentionally creating memorable situations with the family. What does that look like practically to get off work, let that go and step into like dad zone? Uh, I mean, this is simple. My wife doesn't, would prefer not to cook. So just coming home and like starting cooking is a really nice way for me to just sort of get into like family space. I'm, I can't hold my phone while I'm cooking. Like I'm, I'm done at that point. Right. Like I'm mm. just and doing a thing. Um, and if it's not cooking, then maybe it's, you know, meeting my daughter at the, at the countertop while she's doing her homework or something and, and, uh, you know, trying to connect there or, you know, messing around with my, my uh, son and building a Lego, whatever he's doing, try to like, I try to do a thing, right. Instead of just, um coming home and and being there um because just when you get into action you you 
more good things come from that, right? Versus just kind of being home, then you kind of get sucked back into your work and stuff. So, um, yeah. Uh, bro, dude, you're crushing it, man. So you said, uh, I think this is so rad for dads to hear. So you said this comment, you know, one freaking kudos, bro. One, you come home and cook. Like, you know, we've kind of, I would say if like somebody listened to the beginning of this, some people might think, well, Ned thinks that women do this and men do that. Right. And and clearly that's not what we're saying, but you're like, oh, you know, uh, I do the cooking. You know, my, my wife would prefer not to. So I come home and then that's gives me something to do, which I think that is really hard for us men. Like sometimes I come home and I don't know like what my role is. So then I might just flip on. I, I don't, but maybe I just flip on the TV or maybe I go to like, I just, cause men need to yeah. do something right. Men need to do something. So I love that dude. I, I cook. Okay. Rad. Because it gives you something to serve your wife to do. And then you made this statement, dude, which I think is freaking super powerful. You said my daughter, I might meet my daughter at the counter. That's you taking action. Your daughter's eight, right? So you could say like, what do I have to do? And you said to try to connect. So I'm going to go meet her where she's at. And I'm going to try, do my best, make an effort to connect. And dude, you do that at eight years old. When your kid's 16, you're going to have a relationship with them. You know, mm-hmm. like, dude, huge as dads. And, and like you said, because I asked you the question, you're like, Ned, this is simple. But what you're doing is highly calculated and really incredible. And I think if us dads could do those things, life would be rad. So you could say whatever you want. And then I want to bring up one more thing to that. So, and that stuff is all fun. And which kind of leads me to the the second part. So maybe I went a little too deep on my first part, but I do have a second part that I'm rebelling against, which is, you know, um, I think we tend to think of, and I certainly did in the beginning and still do sometimes, but we think of fatherhood as like this really heavy responsibility, Mm. right? Like we got to get to work. We got to do these things. We got to protect our kids from like this wild world we have to teach them to be good people we have to i i think of uh all right all right you know billy madison you've seen the show billy madison right <laughs> yes of course all right <laughs> but you know what he's like uh billy madison he's in like kindergarten or first grade and he's re- he's listening to miss lippy tell the story about the the missing <laughs> dog yeah <laughs> and he's like he's, he's like whoa 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 miss lippy you know what i don't like is that the kid only went and looked for his dog for like one hour he didn't put out any flyers he didn't do anything you gotta think you got a pet you have a responsibility you don't just put up flyers for one hour you get your ass out there and you find that (laughs) effing dog (laughs) so good but what's crazy about that is think about the, like just the way he's saying it. Can you imagine a dad saying, hey, listen, you have a pet. You have responsibility. You get out there and you find that dog or or, <laughs> or insert whatever you have and whatever mm. the responsibility is. Well, I think that's as men going into fatherhood, that's the type, that's the voice that at mm. least I have on myself. You have a daughter. You got to get out there. You got to get to work. You yeah. got to, and to some point it serves you, but to, but, but at some point you have to, uh, enjoy, enjoy yourself and have fun because if everything is always a grind and it's always heavy and it's always work, you're not, it's not going to feel good over the long haul. It's not going to be sustainable. Um, Tony Robbins talks about, happiness is basically the blueprint of your life uh and meeting your expectations right so if the blueprint of your life is just a grind um then but your expectation is to have a loving and happy and you know having a loving connection with Mm. your kids there's going to be some some conflict there And, and just seeing things through that that lens of uh having fun with it, getting fulfillment out of fatherhood. That's what I'm striving towards. And I'm rebelling against the heaviness and the structure and the like, 
the res- the heaviness of the responsibility. Yes. Yes. Dude, um yeah, I mean this is this is hitting me me too, you know, I think uh, uh, share. Okay. So like, there's so much to do all the time. So sometimes I'm like, okay, kids, it's Saturday. We have to, you know, and, and then I don't make it fun. I make it about responsibility. And then I'm just like trying to get it all done and grind. And it, the, the reality is, is like, we'll never get everything done. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying don't take care of your responsibilities, but one, I don't make that fun, but I'll tell you once that's over and maybe I did a workout. So like for me, a workout helps me transition from work mode to you know, who I like mode, but I like myself a lot when I'm just enjoying fatherhood as a gift, right? Like you had said, kind of fun and free versus a chore of responsibility. And I think the problem with dudes is because like you're saying, we're so focused on the responsibility piece that it feels so heavy. Like, oh my gosh, my daughter's going to get her period or, oh my gosh, my daughter's going to have her first boyfriend or how am I going to talk to my son about wet dreams or (laughs) whatever it, right. There's like this crazy responsibility. So I think what happens is we dive more into our work because it's so much safer And so we miss two opportunities. We miss one to just really enjoy a lot of fun with our kids. And then two, you know, I think about a conversation I had with my son as we hiked Half Dome and it just, you know, we're like, I don't know, seven or eight hours in and the opportunity arose. And I felt like this is the right moment to talk to him about one of the things that are going to be coming. And he's looking at me like, what the hell, bro, are you (laughs) talking about? But like, I think him and I will both remember that as an enjoyable conversation we had. Um, so, so dude, what you're saying, I almost feel like, dude, you could do a TEDx or a book just on your concept of dads don't just work. And then to let go of the heavy responsibility of it and just enjoy the, enjoy this. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I don't need to do a TEDx cause you already did. And one of the things that I wrote <laughs> down, uh, in, in my notes from your, from your speech was your life's fulfillment can be made through fatherhood. I don't know. Did I don't know if I took that from verbatim from you, but that's what I wrote down in my notes. I had I had a handful. Of, I had like four or five topics, and I wrote that down. And nowhere in that is it like it's your responsibility to make sure that they you know uh, do their homework, or it's you gotta get them to school on time or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fulfillment doesn't necessarily include all of those things. Right. So, yeah. And I, but I would agree with, uh, so yes, thank you. Super kind. And, and when I think about that, I think like, okay, as a man and I can verbatim say, cause I've said it a hundred times, but like, I want to feel respected, valued, needed, loved, and know that I'm leaving a mark on this earth. Right. And I think I even said that in the conversation. And I believe that that comes from fatherhood, not my job or my hobby. But I think we could add in there like something about my enjoyment. Like fulfillment is one thing. Like I imagine myself stoic at 85 years old on my deathbed and everyone around me. And I'm like, I lived a very intentional life. But sometimes intentional to me is like we all read the Bible together this morning. Not necessarily... I helped all my kids jump off the roof into the pool this weekend. Both, I think, are really critical for fulfillment based on our conversation today. And to not miss the opportunity to create opportunities to like, yeah, you guys want to lay on the roof and look at the stars tonight? Sure, let's figure out how to get up there and do it. You know what I mean? Like that's just as, I mean, the kids are going to remember more that more than like reading Genesis 1 together for sure. Um, but I, but I, what I'm loving from your conversation is thinking about my own life, how much I love myself when we are like, cause we've been jumping off the deck. Okay. Not the roof, but we've been jumping off the deck into the pool and it took my, my youngest, like I'd hold her on the side of the railing and, uh, you know, five times she wouldn't do it. And then she's always asking. So finally she did it. And like, that's that I enjoyed that. I had fun. We had fun. Right. Yeah. Um, and so just leaning more into creating that, that opportunities is, is critical. So yeah, dude, powerful conversation for me. And, uh, and go ahead. You, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, when you do focus on that, like, you know, it's easy for me to say, Hey, I spend a bunch of time. I have a team. They can do stuff. I, I don't have to work 50 hours a week, but some got some dads do. 
right? But when mm-hmm. you when you can look for things that give you fulfillment and that have such an impact, then that time doesn't have to be. You don't have to have eight hours with your kids. You can do that. You could accomplish mm. that in fifteen minutes. And because you show up with it's it's a joyful experience for everybody. That fifteen minutes had just as much of an impact as eight hours. Hmm. Yes. To look less at the time spent and more the the moment, the 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 power, the energy, the the intentionality behind the moment, dude. So good. Any other thoughts before I ask my last question, either about anything that has to do with fatherhood or anything that we've talked about, or anything more about the kind of um, helping dads to. Uh, to think about how they see their role or, you know, as like chore, responsibility or gift, fun and free. Yeah. Um, I, well, no, I, I really don't, I don't want to repeat myself too much, you know, but yeah, I think um, just knowing like, it's not, it's not just on moms. It's on, mm. it, it is on you, but guess what? It's not a heavy burden. It's a gift and it's not your, you know, here's something that I was thinking of while we we're talking, like how many kids or how many people do you know that they grew up in a super rigid household where like, you know, either dad laid down the law or mom or both of them. And there was all these rules and then they got out of the house and they're nuts. Right. Or, or on the flip side, did you know anybody that was like, they were, they were legit growing up. They were just did all the right things. And at their house, their household was insane. If you put so much pressure on yourself for all of that responsibility and just try to check every box and do the right thing all the time, who knows what's going to happen with your kid? Like, they're still still up in the air. So enjoy your life. Yes, that's so good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be so rigid. And as you shared that, I think to... Sometimes we, you see in relationships, it's like mom's the mom's the one slaving all day for whatever. And dad's the fun dad, you know, I think just as a reminder, especially to you dudes with younger kids to create opportunities, like maybe you take your daughter out to breakfast on Saturdays, maybe say, Hey, why don't you take the kid out to breakfast? You know, like give the opportunity to the mom to not just have to kind of do the grind of the day to day, especially with the little kids, you know? yeah yeah that's that's a good point dude jeff this conversation is so good bro i got all these notes learned so much thank you for opening your life up to us and sharing your wisdom my last question is legacy question and again this isn't necessarily a financial legacy but you know imagine you know you're 35 right now your daughter's eight imagine 30 years from now your daughter's 38 which is like make you cry thinking about <laughs> right it um if you were to stand out in the the cul-de-sac the street and peer into her home um what is it that you'd want to see and you'd know that like the day in day out actions life intentionality that that jeff lived is is being lived out in your your daughter's home your children's home yeah um man i i uh well, I guess for sure, like if I were to zoom out from there, like there, I want to have, I want to leave, a, I want to have a family that is thriving, emotionally thriving, spiritually thriving, physically thriving, and financially thriving. Um, mm. Which I guess is kind of, I don't know, I feel like maybe that's too, maybe that's too broad, um, but how, you know, emotionally, there, there, there's gratitude in their house. Um, spiritually, like there is, there is a, a component of faith and just like um, uh, appreciation for their mm. for their life and soul. Um, you know, physically, be be healthy. Be the thirty eight is going to be a crazy time with modern technology and just uh, advances in health and stuff like that. Like when she's 38 years old, it's going to be a, it's going to be a whole new thing. So I hope that they're taking advantage of all the opportunities they have and are incredibly healthy. Um, and you know, financially sound as well. So, hmm. so I guess that's what I got again, vision, 
uh, and clarity, maybe not so much uh, specifics and certainty for every single piece of, of the vision. So, But I mean, beautiful what you shared. And I think that just in having an hour conversation with you, we'd all say, yeah, Jeff is a growth minded person. And, and I would say in all four of these areas, you are, you could probably tell me where you're strong and where you're growing, which I think is, is really critical. And I think if you're living that out, if you're living that out, you know, week after week of that balance of growth and intentionality, that that will just naturally come to your children based on them watching you versus them hearing you. So, um, uh, I love it, dude. This conversation super powerful. Thanks for the man, husband, father, friend, business leader uh, that you are in the community. Keep doing what you're doing. I love it, dude. Your kids are young. You're just having huge impact. Um, and I know you'll have impact not only on your kids, but on the kids that they bring home and that they peer into your guys' family. Um, so keep doing what you're doing, man. I look forward to just like watching and getting to know you more. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for this opportunity. Thanks for this podcast. It, you know, you put me on the spot and ask me these questions and I try as I listen to your other podcasts to just continue to ask myself some of the same questions. You know, I think that's like the main value in it is to really reflect uh, every week or every other week or however often you consume it. So love it, dude. Well, appreciate you, man. And until next time. What another incredible conversation. Jeff's statement, meet or met my daughter at the counter was so incredible. And now that I'm kind of reflecting on this, it influenced uh, a great connection that I had with my daughter recently in the kitchen, just coming and meeting her at the counter. Uh, I actually talked about it a couple weeks ago. So thank you, Jeff. And uh, again, this is what I love. We could collectively learn together. This adventure is not supposed to be done alone. My friends, I want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, the past couple months leading up to you know Father's Day with the Kickstarter campaign, helping bring the adventure of fatherhood book to life. I still just am in awe that we raised the money to fund this kid's book. I truly believe it's going to have such huge impact on our world. If you don't know what I'm talking about or you haven't been a part of uh, getting a copy of this book yet, uh, it will be ready Q1 of 2023, but you can go pre-order a copy of the book at adventureoffatherhood.com. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you have a question about fatherhood that you'd like me to discuss or you have a great guest that you'd like to have on here, shoot me an email, ned at rebelandcreate.com. Please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, stay in tune with all that's going on. And I look forward to hanging out with you next time.